Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, we've got Stefan in the studio with us. Stefan is one of our longstanding team members. Uh, he's been with the Stormriders for over six, seven years, something like that. Seven it's years been, now? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, he's but we. We picked him up and carried him off. Yeah, that's right. Almost quite literally. Um, Stefan uh, does a lot of his own tech work. Uh, he has for a very long time. And he's recently, uh, from our perspective, has recently moved into the world of HPA airsoft guns. Uh, it's not recent from his perspective because of the number of hours he's put in. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know he's going to talk a little bit about that. I just want to give you a bit of an intro. Um, he has two uh, airsoft guns that he's running right now. One is like a like a 416 compact, and the other one is a sniper rifle. And so uh, last weekend, I actually got the chance to use his 416 compact. I let him talk about the specifics of it. But it was a really interesting experience for me because I come from many, many, many years ago playing uh, paintball with a paintball marker and a remote line and all this kind of stuff. And that was a world that I left behind to come play airsoft. And I didn't think that I would be really interested in, in going back that route. But it just so happened that when we played the game on Sunday, uh, Saturday, I should say, um, Steph was sitting out for a game and I was like, hey, can I use your HPA just for fun? And I got a chance to to use it. And it was a really cool experience that I, I wouldn't have been exposed to before. So I thought it would be uh, interesting to have a, a podcast discussion with Stefan about how you know you progressed from your AEGs, your typical airsoft guns, into the world of HPA. What is available right now in terms of HPA, and what did you what route did you decide to go with your setup? Um, and some of the key differences that you've seen, both in terms of you know how it works on a field, and also in terms of playstyle and stuff like that. So, I think maybe first of all, uh, let's start with sort of the basics. So, like, how long have you been tinkering with HPA guns in airsoft? Uh, tinkering probably only in the last couple of months but my interest has really started way way back when i first got into airsoft um obviously like like everybody i started watching videos and i got a couple of guys that i liked and i started seeing these like weird kind of hybrid paintball airsoft guns like what's this little line he got how come it doesn't make it this big bang bang noise like a like an airsoft gun like i'm used to a gearbox making and uh, got into it a little bit more and it's like, well, it's not gas blowback. This is actually HPA or high pressure air. So it's like, well, first, sir, you had my curiosity and now you have my interest. Right. There are a bunch of issues that it avoids um, that are definitely appealing. Yeah. I definitely can see the appeal of running one in an LMG. LMGs, snipers. So what appealed to you in particular, Steph, about like, HPA versus, you know, like our traditional blowback guns, just for people listening, run off a propane, right? Or sometimes called green gas. I mean, you can run them off duster and a bunch of different other stuff too, but generally it's propane versus high pressure air. So what was the appeal, I guess, for you looking at HPA going like, oh, this isn't propane or this isn't like gas blowback? Well, at the time I hadn't really got into gas blowback uh, like rifles, I was more interested in like, I collected a couple of pistols, but they were more for show. I didn't really care about using them in game. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Pat touched this on this uh, in a last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago about it's such an inefficient system, but it's designed to be inefficient. So it works the way it works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's built to be very cool, but it's not built to work it, quite well yet. As it, such, it's not supposed <laughs> to be like uh, like a traditional gas blowback pistol with a racketing slide is going to be way less efficient on gas than like a lock slide because right. it's not using that dump gas. Uh, but back to HPA, um, one, it's not as messy. And anyone who's worked on a gearbox, anyone who's looked inside a gearbox, Phil, Pat, especially Pat, um, will know that sometimes you take them apart and they come apart real easy. And then sometimes you take them apart and you're looking for screws and springs for a couple of weeks afterwards and going, ow, oh, there you, there's that there's that anti-reversal latch spring I was looking for. Right. right? Yeah, I recently uh, found a spring for a gun that was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. you're on my foot. So now that like I've moved into the HPA, it's a lot cleaner system. Um, I mean, the Kythera is what I run personally, and it's dropping to a point uh, like a lot of these systems are, but everything is contained. So it's cylinder that I put in my gun, and it has a little trigger mechanism on the end, and that's it. There's no, mm. there's no little springs. There's no little screws. I don't have to worry about keeping all my shims in place while I push a 120 spring into a piston and try to keep that all down and hope to be Jesus that nothing shoots out of it just before I click it into place. And, Oh, how come that's not going into place? Oh, the trigger's not in place properly. You know what I mean? I definitely, if I got into HPA, I'm not sure that I'd miss, um, the bits flying everywhere, but I feel like I would miss the satisfaction, uh, closing up a gun and having it all go together really nice is a, really uh, positive feeling that being said like hpa setups i think you're looking at also a lot less parts that can fail like you're looking at o-rings really um realistically yeah a lot of systems it's a solenoid so the only part that's moving is the actual gate on the solenoid to open close open close that's it uh everything else is just o-rings and making sure that nothing that ever all that pressure is held to where it has to has to be and where it has to go and so coming back to hpa versus like green gas for instance just for a moment i guess you avoid a lot of the other pitfalls that happen by using like a gas blowback system so obviously you already mentioned the inefficiency of the system forcing the gas back to you know rack the slide or whatever but also the fact that if you're using green gas and it's like seven degrees celsius outside or lower you're losing efficiency from your gas is that something that you avoid with hpa um right now in my own like experiments with it obviously it's not been that cold in newfoundland yet right, um right. i have read certain things uh from people like down in the states other places in the world where it's not as noticeable compared to green gas but obviously you're going to have a little bit of uh little bit of loss i guess just because it's so cold and it's it's probably crushing down your tank a little bit not crushing but uh it's kind of making your tank contract if you're running that type of tank uh, i personally run a, an aluminum tank right now i don't really want to spend three or four hundred dollars on a carbon fiber tank um, <laughs> yeah for sure after spending what i've spent on what i have i was like yeah, i'm gonna save just a little bit mm-hmm. i know uh cal who runs a, uh, a hpa setup yes uh has run his in pretty cold weather without any real ill effect um i feel like from my own reading the loss is mostly going to be you're going to lose some efficiency like the system should still function pretty much around the same you're just not you're going to need to refill your tank more often yeah it's going to be like uh obviously it's going to make your o-rings contract a little bit more so there's probably going to be a little bit of seepage 
and uh, Kel's uh, Tipman is different from anything I run. Again, um, I'm not quite sure exactly how the Tipman system works. There's probably going to be a lot of people in the comments or will tell me, and I might actually do a bit of research after this to figure it out. Right. But, and I'd love to know the answer, and we'll probably well, we could, go look we, at YouTube when we're done too. Yeah, I think, but uh, the Tipman is more in line with the traditional gas blowback system in my understanding of it right now and there are two different ways to run the tip and you can run it with the co2 proprietary mags that it comes with so it's a 12 gram in the in the magazine and then you you know make your shots and then whatever else it gets vented when you drop your mag but cal has it run with the remote line and that's more in line with what i run as opposed to like the tipman is just like they took a green gas gun and an hpa gun and they went Let's throw them together and have a little little flipper baby here and see what happens. Let's make a thing. Yeah, yeah. It is very, it's very akin to a paintball gun in many respects, too. Like, it's very loud uh, yes. compared to one of the things that struck me about your Kythera is that it's very quiet. And we can talk about that in a little bit. But, like, I know Cal's Tipman thinking about, you know, back in back in my day when I was playing paintball like a millennia ago, like that's the kind of sounds that my paintball gun would make, right? Very, very similar. And I ran a remote line, same sort of deal. Um had the had the tank in my in my back pouch and all this kind of stuff, right? And same sort of like you got a really loud report from the muzzle, from the gun, yeah. uh, compared to other HPA setups like the ones that you're running now. Yeah. I'd be really um shocked if i'm honest to find that it wasn't at least some parts cross compatibility between the tipman paintball guns and the tipman uh, airsoft gun that cal's running well um, and i mean it's ancient too like in terms of airsoft technology the tipman m4 came about like 10 years ago no something like a, that not that long it's probably been five maybe four or five years because i know cal's run yeah cal's been running his for about four and a half five years right Okay. Well, regardless, I think, you know, it's not the latest available HPA technology, right? No. So, and even what I'm running is not technically, I mean, I run, uh, I got a Polar Star, it was Kythera, and I also run a Wolverine uh, bolt system for my uh, my sniper rifle. And like those companies, like Polar Star has been out as long as I've been in the, in the Airsoft game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wolverine has been out just as long. I think they came out a little bit afterwards, but I mean, I like their stuff. So let's talk about that a little bit then. So uh, when back uh, back when we started playing together and since I would say the last, up until the last like six months, really you'd been like essentially exclusively, let's say an AEG guy, yeah. right? Like you yeah. you had a you had a bolt action sniper that you used every now and then, uh, yeah. obviously uh, like a pistol sidearm or whatever. Uh, but yeah, but primarily, primarily when we played, it was, it was an AEG. So what exactly, uh, it's not what snapped in your brain, but like what exactly was the, the impetus for you to start looking at HPA more seriously now? Like why now, I guess? Um, at this point in my life, I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where I have a lot of guns and I don't think I want to buy any more just yet. I want to start sure. playing with what I have. Um, and the, the, I guess the, this kick in the ass for the Kythera was we had the Discord going and there was a couple of guys on there that were running HPA. Uh, Todd was running it. Chaz runs one. Um, and I've always wanted to get into HPA, like fully convert an AEG or even buy an HPA uh, standard gun, although I don't think you can get many of them anymore. Um, and it was just, you know what? I'm going to do it. Just going to 
dive head first into it. So I had some, yeah. I had some money saved up that it was going to be, well, is this going to be for gear? Is it going to be for a gun? This is my, what other money you beat yourself to count. And, um, so I, I just decided to jump into it. And like I said, I had the, the bolt system before and I've had that for a couple of years, but that was kind of a, a project, you know, a long, long running project. I was away at the time when I bought it. So it was like three or four months before I even took it out of the packaging. Mm-hmm. from the time I bought it. Um, and then I put it in the gun and then by then I had to go back to work. So it was another five, six months before I played with it again. And then it was like, well, it's winter and I'm not shagging around with it. So yeah. it kind of went into the back burner. And like you said, I was running this AEG and um, the huge kick in the ass was I put a Spectre MOSFET in it. And not to poo-poo the, the Spectre FET, like I ran one, everyone on the team usually runs one. Like you have one, Pat has one. Chris, I believe, has one as well. Yep. They were good. And when I installed it, it was great. And then I started to run into, well, I'm having like battery issues. Um, I had a couple of batteries like puff up on me, like bows puff up. And I was don't like the idea of my really expensive airsoft gun literally going up in flames in my hand. So uh, Understandably. I, yeah, I kind of put it back there. It was like um, that HPA idea came up again and most a uh, hpa systems still run a battery they have to run a, a fcu or fire control unit so the brain of the gun um kind of okay. kind of controls the uh the solenoid to let it open and close i mean just because you're small lipo there though right oh yeah it's like no bigger than a piece of hub above a gum 250 milliamps i got one in my uh my little my little kit there yeah it's it's tiny okay um and that's literally to run to open and close the solenoid because it just doesn't it's a mechanical or electromechanical thing. So it, it needs that, that little charge. Um, but with those FCUs, you can also control like the dwell on your nozzle. You can control your rate of fire. So if you want to have a burst of 10 rounds, well, you, now it's a burst of 10 rounds. If you want to have controlled 900 rounds a minute, well, there you go. It's 900 rounds a minute. Gotcha. Right. This conversation is part of how Steph is uh, slowly convincing me that I should buy one of these in an effort to build it and then giggle one of us one of us so so yeah so i get it you know Chaz and todd bad influences got it um but so more seriously though so then you you decide that you want to get into this so you buy like the kythera kit or whatever drop it in your gun and it obviously worked perfectly right out the gate right no not at all (laughs) uh and of course i was just joking around i know that you had some you had some struggles with it and you had a lot of support from todd and Chaz on the discord as well but so i just want to talk a little bit uh i would like you to talk a little bit about what that process looked like for you because i think if people listen to this or like like pat are being swayed and saying wow hpa sounds great you might not realize sort of what you're getting into out the gate yeah so a lot of hpa units at least in my research you see this this little phrase there, and I'll, I'm doing air quotes for everyone who can't see it. It's drop-in kit, and that's a lie because nothing is drop-in when it comes to airsoft. Um, Phil, you're finding this out now with your with your gun. You've been going through this for a while that you can't just drop something in and expect it to work. Yeah, and that's what I found with this. Luckily for me, uh, I in my research I found that Polar Star bases all of their builds and their dimensioning off VFC guns. So that's their oh, that's convenient. Exactly. I run VFC guns. That was a big, uh, a big point for me as well. It's like, I've got three or four of them now. So if putting it in is going to be a little bit easier. And in my research over the years, it's like, I knew 
that it wasn't going to be, oh yeah, I can just take all the old guts out and throw this in here and hook the line up and away to go. No. Um, I ran into problems that other people didn't. And it's really funny and it really drives home the fact that Airsoft is so different on that scale of things, even to uh, batch numbers. Like my batch gun is fit this easier than the next guy's batch. And uh, what I found was, uh, so in the, the gearbox, there's two little pegs that hold your cylinder head kind of in place to stop it from rotating around. And when I put my unit in, those pegs were too long and they were actually pinching the case of the Kythera. So I couldn't close the gearbox flush. And being a little meticulous like I am, I want that sealed. I want that gearbox to be closed but I don't want it to like close so much that it deforms the case of the, the Kythera. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I know from talking to you um, sort of after the fact and you really warning me before I um, order anything, that one of the issues that you're going to run into with these is that you basically are going to have to grind parts on the gearbox because if you don't, it's not going to fit a gearbox perfectly. And that makes sense to me, right? Like we're putting something inside of a gearbox that isn't what was air quotes meant to go in there. Yes. Um, Actually, this is this was something I picked up from uh, from Chaz because we did a brainstorming session one night after I had finally gotten all the pieces and put it together and found that my gun wasn't working. Um, I didn't want to modify the gearbox. I, I kind of came to that idea that well, maybe one day I'm going to take this out, put all the AEG parts back in it, and sell it as an AEG. And I know in my heart of hearts that that's probably not going to happen. Um, this is this is my primary gun, and unless the body like has a critical failure and falls apart on me, I'm going to use this thing until I can't use it anymore. Right. It's shooting great. It does shoot amazingly for for the size of it. It's shooting just as well as, as far as Pat's gun is shooting, just as far as Phil's gun. Like shooting further than my gun right now. Well, shooting way further than yours. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like Chaz said to me, get used to the idea that this will never be an AEG again. And in yeah. that, I'm looking at, okay, well, that means I can shave down those little posts on the cylinder head and I can close up my, my gearbox. So I did, and it, it took me like hours and I, I have a tiny little file. So you know that they don't they don't hog off a lot of material at one go. I mean, I was literally- That's kind at, of the point of them. Yeah, <laughs> an, an hour each side, just rubbing it down, clapping it back together. Nope, got to rub it down a bit more. Got to rub it down a bit more. So I get- that section done. Um, the Kythera doesn't have an FCU. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but it it is a an actual mechanical system, mechanical only, semi only. Um, there is no full auto. So the pist, it's a, I believe it's a closed bolt system. I'm not really 100% sure because I was just happy enough to put it in my gun. Um, so when I click it, when I pull the trigger, it has a small uh, mechanism that's basically like a trigger block. So my trigger will hit it and push back on a little disconnect latch, which will drive the solenoid forward, pushing all the air pressure. Then the air pressure will uh, go back into the system and drive that piston back to lock into place. And that's how it fires over and over and over again. So it's, that's really interesting. It's It's a really, really... Like having taken this thing apart, like, oh, nine, ten times, the, the Kythera, I mean, there's yeah. six parts in it. 
And I remember when I was using it last weekend, like one of the things that it was very, very noticeable about it is the difference in the trigger, the way that the trigger feels, right? Uh, and that's, like you said, because it is mechanical, as opposed to like, for example, on my EG or Pats or really anyone using a Spectre, there's just a little button that your trigger is pushing and that tells the fcu to fire the gun or recycle the gearbox whatever right but with this one it's very much more akin to uh and obviously i'm not looking to draw any parallel with real seal firearms here however it is a mechanical sear right it is and so you get a a really positive sort of like click Mm -hmm. when you pull that trigger and that's the that's that mechanism right yes so the way i have mindset and I'll say this to anyone who's thinking about getting a Kythera or has a Kythera. Polar Star on their YouTube channel actually has a video called Kythera 101. It's a 25, 30 minute video, I think. It's a, it's a long video, but it's the whole gambit of what you can do with this system. They take you how to disassemble it, how to set it up, how to get your trigger weight set, um, how to, like I said, how to basically how to get it out of the box and get it into your gun and then get it tuned. So watch that video. I've watched it 30, 40 times and even like watch little sec 10 second sections over and over again. Is like, what did he do there? What did he do there? Mm-hmm. But like I said before, this is not a drop in system. This is, this is something you're going to have to fiddle around with. Um, my trigger mechanism, there was a post that holds the original trigger board in place uh, for the AEGs that was in my way that was actually like it was rubbing on the back of the trigger mechanism the the disconnector a little bit so I had to file that down because I wanted it to run smoothly and uh, like anyone who's been on the discord may have, have been privy to what I said there in one of the teching channels that like it doesn't reset I can fire it and it doesn't reset so take it apart shag it up again oh well this little part is is rubbing so i take that down put it all back together nope still not reset rub that down a a bit more right you're talking about like hours of work right oh yeah um i my wife can tell you i probably put like five or six nights just sitting here at the table putting things together cursing and swearing putting i'm only going to put in two springs two screws this time and put it back together um yeah it's it's not simple maybe other people may have had a different um experience than i did i know most people that i've seen videos for like the the quote airsoft youtube celebrities oh yeah it drops right in okay so where's the 25 plus hours you put into making sure that that thing fit and shot and made it up to your barrel and what did you do to get it to fit where's that video yeah really (laughs) so you have the kythera and then you've also got the other your bolt action rifle which is a wolverine if i'm not mistaken yeah that's uh from wolverine airsoft so that's a uh, that's a different system again that's a complete overhaul of the, the the cylinder itself the system is basically the same as an aeg closed bolt system um or sorry hpa closed bolt system and it only takes up the space of the cylinder. Um, there's a couple of little hoses that go down into the trigger box, and I've got a couple of extra things because I run the uh, Wraith CO2 adapter. So I don't have this remote line sticking out of my sniper rifle. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I've got a little tiny line. It's probably about an inch long from the body to the actual inlet. That was even 
more difficult again to get in place. But that was mostly because routing a battery cable through the v, through the uh, VSR body is not easy. There's very few, there's like a little small hole that's in one particular point in the grip that you got to get it through. And if you don't, well, try it again and try it again and try it again. It's not quite designed for that. No, it's not. I've got it to work, but it was like, I don't want to modify this because I just don't want to modify this. So one thing I definitely wanted to uh, to note that appeals to me about the HPA setups yes. um, that you're running is that, so I uh, I owned a Gas M4 for about a season uh, and it was, uh, you know, I, I bought the upgraded everything, you know, I, I put about $1,000, $1,200 into it mm-hmm. um, and I hated that thing. <laughs> um, predominantly because, you know, I definitely put the your your 20 hours was dead on right like i put 20 hours into you know installing uh a a fully new metal bolt into putting all the um different you know feeding mechanisms and stuff to make it as adjustable as possible Mm -hmm. and just you know everything that air quotes should go into it went into it and at no point did it really work as well as an aeg if I'm being completely honest and partly, Hey, you know, as we were talking about, they're really inefficient, but the, the big problem I had with it is the same problem that I would have trying to run a, a, a propane pistol as my primary weapon, yeah. uh, where I'm never going to drop those mags on the deck because they can break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sitting there holding like a $50 M4 mag going, all right, this must not hit the deck. Um, <laughs> and frankly trying to like restrain the muscle memory where I'm usually like yeet. Yeah. I, I, t- I totally get that. Actually, I was listening to the uh, last podcast where you're talking about gas blowbacks, having expensive mags. Um, the one really good thing about the HPA guns, uh, because they're AEG conversions, they use AEG mags. That's sort of what I'm getting at. Like one of the things that um, I'm considering doing this with is I have a, a G and P uh, long form rifle sr25 style rifle that um i have a gearbox for it but the gearbox won't work for any gear ag gearbox there are parts of it that are just worn out where the gears interplay right. uh but it'll work fine for putting a uh, a kythera in and totally. uh it'd be a dmr style rifle so semi-lock is great yep. uh and it's just sort of it, it feels in many ways like an ideal use for this uh this body um albeit, you know, um, my initial plan had been to sort of rebuild it into what mine is and then sell it. But the fact that I can just run my mags in it, that I don't need to mess around, I can just slot my mags into it and go, is a humongous part of that appeal. So, but this raises a good question, though. Like, if someone is listening to this and going like, oh, HPA, maybe, like, why would you want an HPA gun when you can just have an AEG, right? I think you touched on some of the the reasons why you in particular, Stefan, which I yeah. think is totally legit, like some of the things that you were like, eh, I'm not crazy about this. But like, what is what is the appeal of of an HPA setup, especially the setups that you have, like looking at like the, the Kythera in particular, but I mean, maybe perhaps broadly, more broadly, why would you want an HPA when you could just use an AG? I think it's for, like for me myself, a, a big thing that I looked at was the ability to change my FPS. So okay. I can take my 416 compact, my 416, yeah, this little tiny gun. And if I want, I can just, oh, go to my regulator. I'm going to crank my regulator up, test it in the chrono. Now I'm shooting DMR limits. 
So I can have a little shorty gun as long as I observe a minimum 50 foot engagement distance and have a pistol that's legal on our field. Now I have a DMR. Um, if I want to rock around in the village close quarters where I know like, okay, well, standard limit is say 1.4 joules, for instance. Well, now I'm just going to take my regular, I'm going to crank that down a little bit, test it in the chrono. Now I'm shooting like 1.3 joules. Yeah, perfect. If I want to go less than that, like if it's say an indoor environment uh, where, you know, you might want to shoot less than a joule. Well, as long as I can, as long as the pressure will reset that, that solenoid in the Kythera, she's good to go. I mean, operating pressures on mine, I believe, are between 60 and 120 PSI. I'm running the standard spring in my regulator. So, I like, like the 120 PSI is going to be like a rail gun. <laughs> not necessarily. Um, right now, I'm running my regulator around 105, 110 PSI, and I'm shooting at about 1.4. 1.39 1.42 joules in that in that discrepancy so it's like 0.03 of a of a drop or raisin power so it's not mm -hmm. as scary as i was sort of initially uh hypothesizing but that's to the good you know like and like i said i can run that i'm running quote stock springs um so with the kythera there's a high pressure spring so if i wanted it to run in a dmr say get it up to that 1.9 or 2 joule, whatever your limit is. All I have to do is just unscrew it, pop these springs out, put it back together, put it back in the gun, done. Hmm. No problem. You know, as opposed to, well, if I'm going to do that with an AEG, I mean, it's it. in essence, it sounds like the same thing. I'm just going to pop this apart, change the spring, and put it back together. But me doing it with my Kythera is going to take me 15 minutes, whereas someone who's efficient, proficient with an AEG, it might take them a half hour. By the time they get it out of the gun, they get everything apart, make sure nothing flew out of it, swap the spring, put it back together. I mean, I I'm, like I'm pretty quick at it, and I think it's about a 45-minute job for me. Well, there sure. you go. And I mean, I'm I'm not very proficient at it. It takes me about an hour to take a take a gearbox out, take it apart, put it back together, and put it back in. So, like, and are you able to work on them in a quote unquote like unclean environment? Because like one thing that we would never ever do is open a gearbox at the field because, like you said, if something flies out, yeah. Um, you're never going to find it again. Exactly. Right? Uh, is Are the parts in the Kythera build like big enough that you can like do it in the field or is that still somewhere like a, you want a controlled environment to work on it? Me, myself, I would want a controlled environment um, just because it's like a paintball gun. If you get dirt in that thing, it, you're going to notice it. It's going to clog something up. Something's not going to close correctly. You're going to pop an O-ring, whatever. And there's some small springs in there, so I feel like you're going to, like, the biggest concern for me with cracking an airsoft gun in, like, in the field, air quotes, mm -hmm. other than pulling the motor, which I'm completely willing to do, because they slip leads periodically, mm -hmm. um, is that, like, one of those springs is going to go somewhere, and I'm, it's gone. Just in my taking apart the Kythera, like, if I had to, and I mean I really had to, at least at Frontline, there's that little building we can go into, that's more of a, at least a sheltered environment. I'm not as likely to get like a random dust or dirt blown up from the ground and get in there. But uh, I personally wouldn't do it just because okay. I got a couple of guns with me. So worst come to worst, I'll just swap to something else for the, for the day. Yeah, fair enough. And we do have sort of that benefit 
um, as we've talked about before, where, you know, there are usually at, at worst, like three of us there. We've usually got a couple of spares. Um, I talked relatively recently about my experience taking my gun and having it fail and being like, oh, well, I'm a potato for not bringing a spare gun. Um, but at least, you know, we had uh, Stefan's bag of guns. <laughs> yeah, um, my micro armor. You know, and uh, that worked out really quite well for us. What are some of the other sort of benefits or things that you've noticed switching to the to the HPA setup? Um, one thing, actually, you touched on it, is uh, my grip doesn't get hot when I shoot really fast. So Fair. because... As we know, with, with an AEG, it's that motor starting and stopping, starting and stopping. If you've got active braking on or even uh, just because of the, the nature of the system, your anti-reversal latch is just going to cause everything to slam up and it's going to stop. Uh, it's friction. It generates heat. But because it's I don't have that, I don't have to worry about, oh, nothing's going to overheat here. Uh, like we found out a couple of weeks ago when you came back from a game, Phil, like you couldn't hold on to your grip. It was that hot. Yeah. Like that's something that's not going to happen to me. Um, yeah. Although that was actually an issue. But. Yeah, that was, that was a severe issue. Uh, another thing is, um, and it's something I noticed last week while you were using my gut and I was just kind of walking along is how quiet it was. Like for me, because it's so close to me, I can hear that little pop, pop, pop of the, uh, of the, the gas or the air escape in the end of the barrel. But being 20, not even 20 feet back, I'm like, wow, that's, that's really quiet. Like if I put a little can on that, like, holy crap, you wouldn't, you would definitely never hear it. Um, but other than that, it's like, well, my Kythera can't do it, but um, I'm not a big runner of like full auto. I don't like using full auto in a, in a, on an AEG. Yeah. To, same. To me, it's like a waste of ammo. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, to me, it's, I started out when I started airsoft, I, I had a high cap magazine and everything was full auto all the time. And it was like, how come I'm spending so much on BBs? I don't get this. And then I realized that, oh, there's another setting on this gun. Ooh, look at that. I ended the day with still three quarters of a bag of BBs. Awesome. I never shoot auto, but I still have that problem. Yeah, and... I mean, <laughs> I just had a lot of fun playing with the Mark 46 that same uh, time that we were there. And uh, Cal has generously allowed me to go buy some parts and put them in his M249 and make it um, a thing. So uh, that'll be that'll be a laugh. Uh, I'm still not opposed to the idea of polar starring it at some point in theory, but I realized that will cost me about a thousand dollars and uh, went. Woo. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I definitely, I definitely hear, or I guess don't hear this, what you're talking about in terms of the volume shooting it um, again, coming from the paintball world, I was really expecting it to be quite loud and, and it is not the system because of the efficiency, I guess that they've built, it only gives you as much air as you need to really shoot that BB um downrange right that's it that's all it's giving you now because the air is not reciprocating any of the bolt or anything like that like it's just very straightforward um so that surprised me a lot for sure yeah and even cal was out and listening to like him shooting his titman because it does have that ratchet that that bolt to give you that that realistic feel of oh this you know like recoil um I at one point heard him shoot and I was like, damn, that sounds like it's in full auto just because of how fast he was shooting it. And then I hear like, what's, is that, is that Phil? Is that Phil with my gun? I, I see him, but I don't hear him. <laughs> yeah. Know, at that point I was, you know, a bigger distance away is like, I, I could see the gun go up and then it go down. It's like, is he actually shooting? I can't tell if he's shooting it or not. So here's a question I don't know the answer to, uh, that just occurred to me for this. So, 
how often do you have to refill your uh, tank and how often do you have to replace it? Um, I'm running right now a 13 cubic inch, 3000 PSI tank. So I, depending on the games, if we're running like a lot of, of shoot heavy games or if I'm attacking more so than defending, uh, I'm going to go through air a lot faster. Um, I've gotten a full day at frontline on one tank of air. And then I've also gotten, had to refill twice at on one day. It all depends on how much I shoot, but I'm using, and anyone who knows the size of the tank, it's, it's tiny. It's like my water bottle is actually bigger than, than my air tank. And yeah. uh, in the future, I do want to, to upgrade, but I'm just testing the waters now, right? Like I've, I'm just baby steps. I can't, I'm after spending a couple of thousand dollars on this already between the base gun and everything that I bought and put into it and whatever, right? So I don't. Frontline can do uh, refills on site. So I'm guessing that most paintball fields are probably going to be able to refill your HP. Is it expensive, cheap? Um, because I'm playing there that day, it's free. But I know I have gone to the pro shop on a, like a, an off day, say during the week, just because oh, I want to do some testing with it and I need, I need air. And it cost me like four bucks to fill up my tank. Which is not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a, a really great discussion. Um, when people are looking at HPA sort of out of curiosity, I think there's a couple of takeaways that I'm sort of hearing. Um, number one is going to be uh, arm yourself with patience because even if it does say drop in, like literally it will drop in, but it might not work, right? Yeah. Um, drop in is, to me, is that's it's the literal meaning of it that yes you can take it and drop it into your gearbox and put the shell pieces together and yep there she'll go it will it will certainly be there but it will it, probably not work right out i mean it, it certainly might, it uh, might. you might in your particular setup i think uh, would be like you you the the listener might have might get very lucky with your setup and it might sort of work at the gate but that's not been steph's experience and nor chaz's nor todd's nor most people who are working on hpa and i think no. that at the end of the day this comes back to one of the things that we repeat too much about teching where it's just like yeah it you're gonna need to deal with this you're gonna need to have patience because you're gonna have to fiddle around with tiny annoying parts like one of the things that is currently in my to-do list is i bought a bull gear hop-up for the uh, m249 and it's really, really nice by comparison to the one that's in it. But I'm going to have to take it apart and I'm going to have to install it. And uh, it's not unfiddly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And then the other piece that I'm hearing is that you got to arm yourself with money. Like it, it is. This is not cheap. Yeah. Like it's it, there is an investment here. So if you have the opportunity and we say this a lot, but if you have the opportunity to try one from someone definitely try and we highly recommend you do that like i had a great time using stefan's um i know for myself that that is not something that i want for as my primary gun like i'm not really interested in having an hpa with the remote line um but i'm not saying that they're bad i, I don't think that, that that's true at all I, I had a great time using it i think they're very fun they can be very efficient but if i had spent two grand to learn that lesson that kind of would have sucked right Oh yeah. Yeah. We're into airsoft. So we know that this is not a cheap hobby. It can be cheap. If you want to run, uh, you know, a combat machine and 0.12 gram Canadian tire BBs and running your track suit and a paintball mask. Like, yeah, there you go. 300 bucks and, and you're done. But if you want to be like, I think if you want to use sort of optimized gear of any sort, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, exactly. 
And to be honest, like, I, I think it's, it's worth people remembering. It's like, you know, we say like, oh, well, you should really consider getting some sort of like, um, MOSFET. So we use a BTC Spectre. Is it cheap? No, but it's some of the best parts that are available on the market. Yeah. And so similarly, if I look at your Kythera, it's like, is it cheap? No, but is it a really good HPA setup? Like, yeah, could it, could it be some of the best that's on the market? I, I mean, I'm not an expert, but my sense would be yes, right? It it's definitely seems to be a popular setup um, because there's no battery. There's no, it is, once you get it tuned and put in your gun properly, it's literally plug, plug your airline in and put your magazine in, click her on and away she's going. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no extra. There's no, oh, yeah. now I got to make sure my battery's in and I got to, okay, is my FCU set? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All my settings are good. It, it's, I mean, I kind of came into this thinking like, all right, now I'm going to have a remote line to deal with and how much of when I transition shoulders, is this going to get in my way? Am I, at the time we were playing at Redcliffe, which is a really forested area, like, am I going to snag on something? I don't want to be running through the woods and then all of a sudden, like, well, I'm on my ass or on my back because my remote line got caught in a tree branch, you know, yeah, or am I going to sure. have to go replace a, a 40 or $80 remote line or something because it just snagged and popped. And I know yeah. a couple of guys we played with in the past when they had their, uh, their titmans and stuff like one guy was playing one day and you just stand there and all of a sudden you hear this high-pitched squeal and a pop and it's like yep yeah, line just pop see you later guys yeah and like i think we're i'm to the we're to the point in airsoft now that we're getting or with hpa anyway that we're we have better quality stuff like what i've i've got uh i bought the polar star micro regulator and it came with a kit so there was a, a length of i think it's about 40 42 inches of remote line that came with it and it's nice braided remote line it's you know got that kind of slip braid on it nothing seems to like even my cat's hair that sticks to everything it doesn't stick to it yeah mm-hmm. you're not buying garbage anymore right like there's definitely a point with um with their self uh doing hpa stuff and i mean this has been true of pretty much everything that's been innovated into airsoft there's definitely a point where most of what you could get was really not very good yep uh and there's a benefit to waiting for people to work out the kinks but like polar star um really for as long as i've been playing airsoft and been aware that there are hpa rifles uh they've been the brand name yeah uh and the kythera is one of their newer bits of kit so like i'm definitely confident that the quality is there right like they definitely you know have everything dialed in in that regard yeah for sure like when i started playing polar star had just come out with the fusion engine which is that that gearbox drop-in. And, and to me, that is about as close as anyone is ever going to get to a drop-in, air quotes, uh, kit, because it's you take your gearbox out. You don't even have to take your gearbox apart. You just take your old gearbox out, drop this thing in, and as long as your barrel line's up, you're good to go. Yeah, it seems very convenient. It is, and a lot of their, their what do they have now? They have the Jack, the F1, the F2, the Kythera, like they've got three or four different setups plus the fusion engine that all kind of do the same thing, but slightly different for whatever you're putting it in. Um, like when I started, it was the fusion engine and the, the PR 15 and the, whatever the AK one was, but it was, they had taken bodies and put the engines in and done all the light work for you. So mm-hmm. here's your gun, connect your line, put your magazine in, put your battery in, you're good to go. But that was a, 
I think at Eve on e-bike at the time, I'm talking like 2015, 2014, 2015, they were, they were like 900 or $1,100 us then. But yeah, that's the like, also come down. Hey. Oh yeah. The only thing that I would say is like, if you're going to get into HPA is know what you're getting into. Don't just go on e-bike or whatever website in your country that is your whatever and just go, yeah, I'm going to drop my money on this and I'm going to get a regulator and then I'm going to get a tank and it's going to be good to go. No, make mm-hmm. sure you sit there and realize that if you're going to do a, a like what I had with the Kythera and you want your AEG to be a, an AEG in four years time when you get fed up with the HPA, it's not going to be. Just understand that you're going to make changes that cannot be undone. The Yeah, I think definitely the fact that you have to be aware that like at minimum if you want to convert back after you're gonna have to go buy a new gearbox is a really useful piece of information yeah and like i said it's not a concern for me because i'm a gun tech and i have seven uh, spare ones right now that i could put it into but it's completely a legitimate piece of knowledge that i didn't have and that i was like oh yeah i really you know like i would not want to take yeah an effort to convert my uh my primary rifle into HPA and then find out after the fact that like, Oh man, I had to like carve up my hundred dollar Lonex gearbox. That would make me sad. <laughs> oh, I've mm-hmm. seen guys like take literally like the back section off of their gearbox, like leave where their spring guide will, will sit and they can thread their, their screw in for their buffer tube, but everything else is gone because wow. they don't, a, they don't need it. And, um, I know polar star touches on this with the Kythera uh, if you do have that set up with your your buffer tube screw will screw into your your uh, spring guide, you have to cut your spring guide. If mm. you use and that's if you use uh, I think Amped Airsoft makes what's called the IGL, so it's an integrated filter grip line. It's big fancy thing that that you know for thirty extra dollars most people go for it. But if you put that in, the way that the the fitting is, it, it actually runs into the spring guide if it's full length. So you have to cut your spring guide down a fair amount. And I mean, most people are like, oh yeah, whatever. It's a spring guide. I got a plastic one in there. But for the guy that like, oh, well, I got my, my aluminum or my stainless steel one with the, with the little uh, uh, bearings on it. So, you know, my spring can torsion and whatever. You're not going to want to cut that. You're going to want to go through it. Right. And luckily enough, my system, because I run the 416 C my, my buffer tube doesn't run into my spring guide. So I didn't have to worry about that, but mm. this, this is something that like, I had this, um, another thing, uh, I don't think polar stars talked about it, but Wolverine airsoft on their YouTube channel did, uh, it's called walk the tech and it's about fitting stuff in. So like putting a, your gearbox in and then finding that your nozzle of your HPA unit is off to one side in your hop up. So you're maybe riding that side. You're not, you know what I mean? So you might have to put set screws in your gearbox casing in your mech box to kind of realign it. And, hmm. and like, just to make sure that everything's running smooth. Cause like any little hang up. And I found that with mine, I had to shave a little bit off the inside of my hop up unit, just like with a bit of sandpaper is that it was actually, it was just rubbing just a little bit. And would it make a difference? Maybe not, but I don't want to take the chance that it's not going to reset that one time because, well, maybe there's a little plastic nub built up on it. You know, it just rubs so much after a while that, well, now it's built up there and I got to scrape it off. I'd just rather take that time and do it now. Like this is, again, fitment is, is a big thing. 
make sure it fits and make sure you know what you're getting into. So guys, as you heard in this episode, there's there's a lot to getting into HPA and getting your uh, your HPA set up for Airsoft. Um, so firstly, thanks Steph for joining us today. I think this is probably the first of a few discussions we're going to have on HPA because it's a really interesting topic, but like we saw today, there's there's a lot to it. It is it is a beast. Yeah. If you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested about HPA and you want to hop in somewhere where you can ask questions judgment-free, check out our Discord. We have lots of conversations on gun tagging, not just AEGs, but, you know, all gas guns, everything. So jump into the Discord, have some conversations, ask your questions first. Uh, Lots of people there willing to help and share their knowledge. So it's as easy as possible for you when you're getting into it. That being said, that sort of wraps it up for our session today. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you do enjoy it, make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment as well. It just helps us out. And until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, it's been great chatting with Stefan about this. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care, everyone.